We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is June 27th, 2019. And if you are listening or watching, you are listening or watching to the Marcelin Brothers podcast. Happy Thursday, everybody. How's everybody doing today? So today it's me. I'm riding solo today. My two brothers, they're working hard. You know, again, there are Healthcare professionals, they're taking care of patients, they got a lot of stuff going on, but don't you worry, I'm here, and I'm going to make sure that I entertain this evening, ladies and gentlemen. So, hopefully last week, you guys had an opportunity to check out the first Dear Ophelia series. Again, I had an opportunity to be able to listen to it, and I thought it was pretty good. I've got some good ideas that I want to make sure that I continue to share about my life and my story on how I want to raise my daughter. So I hope that first story that we were able to share with everybody was able to bring in some topics of conversation for those who have kids. And hopefully that will be a start of a trend of new stories that I want to be able to share with my MVP crew. Today we're going back to our typical current events where we will share some stories on news articles that have been spread throughout the last couple of weeks. I'll read it to you, I'll share my thoughts with you, and we'll see where things go from there. So I've got one finance article that I'm going to share. I've got a world event story that I want to share. And then I got something that's random and kind of funny that I want to share. So first off, let's start off with talking about money. So this first article that I want to read is from MarketWatch. The title of the article is, This is the Most Regretted College Major in America, and this is by the columnist Katie Hill. College may come with a side of regret. A new survey of nearly 250,000 Americans with at least a bachelor's degree by career and salary website Payscale found that two-thirds said that they had a major regret about their educational experience. The number one regret is student loans which about one in four grads say they regret it. According to Payscale, a separate survey this year of more than 2,700 adults up to age 34 by Merrill Lynch and AgeWave came to a similar conclusion. More than one in three said student loans they took weren't worth it. No wonder. Student loan debt now totals upwards of $1.5 trillion, up from just $600 billion just 10 years ago. The average student who graduates with debt now owes about $30,000. Your college major can be a big source of regret too, Payscale found. It was the second most regretted thing about the college experience, with more than 1 out of 10 people saying that their chosen area of study was their biggest educational regret. And the area of study that comes with the biggest side of regret is humanities. Indeed, more than 1 in 5 people who majored in humanities which includes specific majors like English, history, say they regret their choice. 
Other research bolsters this finding, revealing that English in particular is the most regretted major, as MarketWatch previously reported. Why might those studies studying humanities wish they hadn't? This may have to do with the relatively low salary seen by common professionals and humanities majors, the pay scale reports revealed. Indeed, research from Georgetown University shows that people who study humanities and liberal arts tend to make significantly less than those who study other things like the science, technology, <clears throat> engineering, and math, or business, aka STEM. Meanwhile, computer science and engineering majors had the lowest level of regret, with just 4 and 8% respectively, saying they regretted their major. Fields that lead into high-earning or high-meaning jobs did see a larger portion of respondents that had no regrets about college, according to the report. Of course, plenty of those who majored in humanities go on to have well-paying jobs they like, and they there are certain more STEM majors who wish they hadn't studied it. Plus, the skills learned humanities courses can be applied to many jobs. The fact that so many people now regret their student loans or regret their major that resulted in learning jobs means it's often no longer enough just to pick a major you love, experts say. A person should really ask themselves, why am I going to school? If the answer is to obtain a job, I would ask, is there a job you are attempting to get worth the cost of a degree? Says certified financial planner Mitchell C. Hockenbury of 1,440 financial partners in Kansas City, Missouri. You ought to think about how much you would make versus the cost of paying that education. This kind of stems from feedback that M cubed again, which is the Marshall, all three Marshall brothers when we had our last podcast episode together in looking at college and again, trying to figure out what you want to do with college and does it make sense with what you pay? And some of the thoughts that I have on this article, you know, are as follows. I think a lot of the regret may not necessarily be the major from my perspective. I think a lot of it is probably stems from what they were able to get from college. And I think a lot of people probably point towards the actual degree because based on the degree is what they make and based on what they make is what the lifestyle that they have. And they're looking back, you know, 10, 15, 20 years behind and looking at the decision to see whether or not that was the right decision to make. And I think it all, again, boils down to what is the purpose of college? It's kind of like what the last line of this article stated. You know, why are you going to college? Are you trying to go to college to get a job? And if so, then can you work backwards to figure out what you need to do to be able to get that job? And I think so often, so many people, they look at college as an opportunity to learn about yourself. They look at college as a way for you to be an adult for the first time. And I'm not saying that all that stuff isn't true. I'm just saying, again, I think we need to teach people that college is more than that. I think, again... When we're looking at the amount of student debt that individuals have, and again, I think the article said $1.5 trillion, we need to do a better job teaching our kids, teaching the future that the decisions that you make in college not only will affect the rest of your life because of the profession that you make, but I think the money that you are taking out in loans will also do that as well. And again, I can't stress enough that, yes, you are going out there, you want to have a college experience, you want to be able to make sure that you're enjoying those four years, but you've got to have an asterisk towards that. And again, I think that asterisk is really understanding and really teaching your young ones 
what is the opportunity cost based on you going to a certain degree or I'm sorry, going to a certain college and paying a certain dollar amount. I really think that education needs to be done not while individuals are graduating college and they're learning about how they need to repay their student loan debt. I think that education needs to happen as they are looking for schools as a high schooler starting to go into college and looking at what places they want to go to school before they actually decide to attend that school. Now, it's a lot to ask an 18-year-old to have to understand this school is going to cost this much money and this much money over four years is going to be this much money and that over a 30-year life of the loan, it's going to cost this much money. But I really think that we have to start putting that into the criteria when children are looking at going to schools. And whose responsibility is it? I mean, ultimately, I think the responsibility needs to be at home. The responsibility needs to be for the parent. And that parent needs to understand that if they're not doing a good job in teaching their kids and helping show their kids the path, then it may actually go back on the parent to try to figure out how to help their kids out. And it's a lot easier for those parents to focus ahead of time, show the dollar amounts, put finances as part of that decision in addition to the majors that the school has and the quote-unquote prestige a certain school has, but they need to look at the longevity of the decisions that individuals are making. So again, you know, we need to make sure as parents that we're breaking this down for our kids. Is there something that we can have the schools do, especially college, I'm sorry, high school seniors, those professors, guidance counselors in high school, is there some way that we can get education out to these young adults, helping them understand that it's not just about getting accepted to a certain school, it's also realizing what the ramifications are going to be if you have to take loans, and depending on how much the loans cost and how much interest is going to be, what the actual cost of the education will be. And again, looking at what are some of the non-traditional routes that we can figure out how to get to school, whether it's starting with the two-year program from a community college and then graduating, is it maybe instead of going to that private school, which is, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe going to the local in-state school? Is it, you know, hey, maybe I need to live at home for a year just to make sure I can figure this whole stuff out before I go out. So these are all things that I feel we need to take a look at. And I think in this article, I think a lot of that is stemming from the cost of what that degree is versus what the degree will be able to bring that individual once they finish. The other thing I wanted to talk about is looking at majors. So in this article, it was stated that the humanities are going to be one of the most regretted majors. And when I'm looking at a chart on this article, it says that humanities was 21.2%. Then it was physical and life sciences at 17.9%. It was social sciences at 17.6%. Education, 17.3%. Communication, 16.6%. Art, 14.9%. Business, 10.4%. Health Sciences, 9.5%, Math, 9%, Engineering, 7.8%, and Computer Science, 4.3%. So why are these majors the most regretted majors? 
I, again, from looking at this article, it just seems to me that the reason why people feel this way is once they graduate and they have these degrees, what are these individuals actually doing with these degrees? And when you compare that to the amount of loans that these students are having to take out, it's from their perspective almost better that they didn't do it at all. So the quote unquote college experience that people always talk about and the independence and living on your own and being able to make a name for yourself and getting away, looking back, people kind of feel that, you know, there's probably more to college than that experience. Obviously, it's getting that degree so that you're able to be successful in whatever career that you get. So the reason why I bring this up is, you know, really trying to figure out is college for everybody? Can you get some of those experiences that college show you as far as living, learning how to be on your own, being able to get away? Can you experience that by traveling? Can you experience that by going to work for a couple of years, figuring out what life is all about, and then going back to college? So again, I think that we've got to relook at this whole college thing and that we've really got to do a very good job in making sure that we're explaining to our kids the things that you do, the things that you study, that is going to dictate what your life is going to be like. I was always taught that no matter what profession you're in, your goal needs to be to be the best person that you can be, move up as high as you can so that you can support yourself and your family so that you can be successful. So I don't think necessarily that it's these are degrees and these degrees are going to set you up or maybe cap you as far as how much you'll make or what your happiness is. I think it's also looking at that individual and trying to maximize what that degree has to offer. Because a lot of times these degrees, it's more of, hey, can I sit and learn something and be responsible enough to be able to start a program and finish a program? But I think a lot of what success is, is that individual, what are the things those individuals can do to better themselves and how those individuals can get into the right place at the right time by the people that they meet and the connections that they build. So yes, from looking at these articles, you know, it does seem like the individuals who don't regret their lives are going to be the people who are in science, technology, engineering, and math. And that perhaps the quote unquote liberal arts are the the majors that people don't do as well in. But I think a lot of that also has to do with the personality of the individual and figuring out again, if this is what my career is and this is what I want to be able to do, then is this route the right route for me to go, which is having this major. And if having that major is the going to be the route that I want to go to really looking at hey, as somebody who majors in humanities, these are the jobs I can have based on the jobs can I have, you know, can I justify education being X amount? And again, like I said before, this has all got to go back to what can we teach our high schoolers and how can our parents help get ahead of this so that these high schoolers who turn into college individuals who then end up having these loans don't regret it 10, 15, 20, 20 years down the line and become another statistic of individuals who average thirty to $40,000 a year, which, you know, for my major would have been a steal, but that's another conversation. So those are my big talking points from this article. 
and MVP, I'd love to hear your feedback on that. So if you guys have an opportunity at the end of the show notes in the comments section, you know, please let me know what your thoughts are about this article about what the most regretted college major is in America. And again, just figuring out student loans and what should you do or not do to make sure that you're able to get ahead of yourself. So that was story number one. All right, story number two, we're going to be looking at world politics, worldviews. So not politics, but just world news in general. So the name of this article is FBI probing why some U.S. tourists have died mysteriously in the Dominican Republic. So MVP, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but there seems to be lots of news stories that are coming out showing that there are lots of mysterious random deaths that are going on in the Dominican Republic. So this article was written on June 12, 2019 by an author named Bobby Allen. And let's talk about the story. The The FBI is now helping local authorities in the Dominican Republic examine the mysterious deaths of three Americans who were staying at resorts in the island country in recent weeks, an FBI official has confirmed with NPR. Since news of the deaths have spread, relatives of four additional Americans who died there over the past year have raised concerns. Although there are similarities in the seven deaths, most are described as happening suddenly and several after an alcoholic drink. Federal officials have not determined whether there is any connection between any of these deaths. Relatives of those who have died are demanding answers, just as tourism officials in the country are calling the incidents unrelated and isolated. Robin Bernstein, the U.S. ambassador to the Dominican Republic, said the FBI is conducting toxicology analysis, a process that could take up to a month to complete. The safety and security of U.S. citizens that live in, work in, and visit the Dominican Republic remains our highest priority, Bernstein said. These incidents are tragic, and we offer our deepest condolences to those who are personally impacted. Miranda Schwab Warner, 41, of Pennsylvania, died suddenly on May 25th after checking into a resort with her husband to celebrate their wedding anniversary. Her lungs became filled with fluid, which led to respiratory failure not long after consuming a drink from the minibar in the couple's hotel room, according to authorities in the Dominican Republic. Just five days later, at a resort owned by the same company, a Maryland couple, Nathaniel Edward Holmes, 63, and Cynthia Ann Day, 49, were discovered dead in their resort hotel room of the same cause, investigators say. Both establishments are owned by Bahia Principal Resorts and Hotels, which issued a statement saying that its employees followed all of its security protocols. To date, there are no indications of any correlation between these two unfortunate incidents, according to the hotel statement. Since then, family members of other Americans who have died under similar circumstances over the past year have gone public. Yvette Monique Sport, 51, of Pennsylvania, died last year at a Bahia Principal Hotel after she drank a beverage from the hotel's minibar, her family told NBC10. David Harrison, 45, of Maryland, died last July at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino while visiting the Caribbean country, and the Washington Post reported that the autopsy results showed that Harrison's cause of death was a heart attack. Another American died after drinking at the same Hard Rock Resort his family told CBS. He was in Dominican Republic, vacationing according to his obituary, where he had died unexpectedly. On Wednesday, Barbara Coran, 
the real estate investor and judge on the TV show Shark Tank said her brother John was also found dead in his hotel room of an apparent heart attack while vacationing in the Dominican Republic. According to public records, Cora Coran was 65 years old. A Facebook post from the community in Edgewater, New Jersey, where Corcoran lived, confirmed he died on April 21st. Bernstein, the U.S. ambassador, said federal officials are aware of the other families who have voiced concerns about loved ones dying abruptly while vacationing on the Dominican Republic. At this time, we have no indication of any connections between those, loss, those tragic losses, and the case is currently under investigation, Bernstein said. More than 6 million people visit the Dominican Republic every year, according to the country's tourism officials. Nearly half of the Americans who visit come from the United States. The Dominican Republic's Minister of Tourism, Francisco Javier Garcia, cautioned against speculating over the cause of death for the Americans who have died recently. We are confident that we can provide a definitive answer as soon as possible, said Garcia. You can also be sure that the necessary measures will be taken to make the country even safer for all visitors. So, wow. This is scary, especially as individuals, you know, when we're going on vacation, the last thing that we're thinking is that this is going to be the last moments of my life. Generally, when you're on vacation, you're having fun, you're letting loose, you're finally living a little bit, you're relaxing, you've worked so hard, you spent money, you finally have this finite period of time where you can actually let loose and just enjoy life. For these individuals, the last thing that they would have ever thought was that they would be taking their last breath on vacation. And this is very worrisome because now you've got the FBI who's looking into this case. Individuals are saying that there's most likely no, or there's no determination as to whether or not there's any connection. And yes, there's correlation is this going to be something that's actually caused by something else? But, you know, it just it just doesn't look right. It doesn't smell right. If it looks like a duck, if it sounds like a duck, if it walks like a duck, you know, is it a duck? So I'm just trying to think to myself, especially me, I'm going to be going on vacation soon. You know, my wife and I, we've worked very hard. We love cruises, and it's time for us to be able to take a break, so we're looking forward to our vacation. And it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it because I haven't been on a vacation in a little while. Work's been hard. Life's been hard. It's time for us to be able to let loose a little bit. There would never be a thought in my mind that I would have to look out for my life when it comes to going on a vacation like this. And when I'm reading some of these deaths and it looks like a lot of these deaths occur after an alcoholic drink you know it makes you kind of think you know are these individuals having their drinks laced you know is this one of these things where people are putting things into their drink we all learn as we were growing up make sure you never put your cup down make sure you always see what's going on i guess the same thing can go with food the same thing can be with anything you always want to make sure that you are looking at your food at all costs but then what's to say that the issue with the drink didn't happen before you received the drink in the first place. So it's just very scary. And no, should we let certain events, you know, dictate and give us fear as to make us think about how we live our life? You know, you know, can it be coincidental? You know, if you look at the amount of people who visit the Dominican Republic 
every year and the amount of people that have died because of freakish accidents, should that hinder the the fact that you're going on vacation? I mean, it looks like you've got seven people that have died in the last year, and it shows on this article that more than six million people visit Dominican Republic every year. So it's almost like you saying you've got a one in a million chance of dying if you go to the Dominican Republic on vacation. So I think that this is kind of fishy. I think the fact that you've got, you know, some, you've got a common hotel that has had some of these types of events. So out of all the 6 million people who are there, out of the six, seven people who have died, between the six and seven people, it looks like two hotels are the ones that have had individuals who have died after either a heart attack or a drink of some sort. So, you know, do you say, hey, I avoid going to these hotels and I go everywhere else? I don't necessarily think so. I think you just have to be very vigilant. You've got to be very smart. You know, when you are going to a different country, of course, you have to be sensitive to the fact that you may not be able to, you don't know the customs, you don't know what to do and what not to do. So just as you go to a place that you've never been to before, you know, you want to make sure that you keep your guard up. Unfortunately, you probably got to keep your guard up when you're on vacation as well. So don't just assume and think that just because you're on vacation, you are worry-free that you may not be a target somewhere else. So just be smart, watch what you're drinking, be aware of your surroundings. Yes, it's good for you to let loose, but don't let loose to the point where you have lo- you've lost all inhibitions and you're not doing your critical thinking. That's the take that I want you guys to think about when it comes to that. All right. So again, let me know what you guys' thoughts are. Shoot me some feedback on what you think. I think this story is very interesting. I think it's very frightening. But, you know, hopefully we can find out exactly what happened, why things happened, and learn from the FBI and individuals who are doing this investigation. What are some things we can do to make sure that we are keeping safe? This last article is a fun article that I want to be able to share. So the name of this article is Dad Bods Are More Attractive Than Six Packs, Study Say. Now, I picked this article because me being a dad for almost two years, you know, I'm I'm in my mid-30s now. You know, I do work out. I still run around. But the metabolism isn't what it used to be back in the day. And... You know, I remember back in the day, I used to be able to just do push-ups and sit-ups, and, you know, I was, I looked like that I was healthy, and I looked like an ancient shape. But that same amount of time and effort that I spend now does not lead to the same results as it used to be before. So when I saw this title, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm a dad. I've got a dad bod. So perhaps my wife finds me more attractive because I have a dad bod than before we were married and had Ophelia and I wasn't a dad. So let's just read this article and we'll let you guys think about how you decide this. So again, this is a radio.com article. It was written on June 18th. And again, the title is Dad Bods Are More Attractive Than Six Pack Study Says. So let's see what this study says. Apparently doing crunches isn't all it's cracked up to be. A new survey by Planet Fitness has revealed more Americans prefer a guy with a dad bod to somebody with ripping abs. 
For those that aren't familiar, a dad bod is a slang term for a physique somewhere between a beer belly and a six pack. Think your actual dad. National Health Club chain Planet Fitness commissioned the study, which measured the attitudes of over 2,000 men and women and found that more and more males are self-identifying as having a dad bod. The results indicate that 65% of men and women find a dad bod attractive, and 61% think a man with a fatherly figure is sexy. Most surprisingly was the discovery that more than half believe a dad bod is sexier than a ripped lean stomach. Stop doing those trunches. But the results also went beyond the physical, as there were mental perks of not having the abs of a Marvel superhero too. Nearly 80% of men said that they were happier with their dad bods, while 78% of men and women think that a dad bod is a sign of being confident in your own skin. Body positivity is a good thing. Despite the findings, which could inspire some gym goers to want to quit their memberships, Planet Fitness says they are pleased with the results. As home of the judgment-free zone, we're proud to offer a comfortable environment for all of our members, regardless of body type, Planet Fitness said in a statement. Planet Fitness is challenging everyone, not just dads, to be comfortable in their own skin and accept others for who they are. Now that's a healthy regimen to follow, regardless of body type. So, what do you guys think? So, for me, maybe it's just convenient for me, since I am going into the dad bod phase, that dad bods tend to, by this article at least, may be more attractive than six packs. Now, I think a lot of this does have to go into consideration of, you know, who are the individuals who are in this study? Are there individuals who have, are there more dad bods in this study than non-dad bods? And again, from coming from a scientific background, these studies and surveys can have confirmation bias. But all kidding aside, you know, what, what are some things that we can take from this article? So I think number one, I do think that there is something to an individual who is comfortable in themselves and I think that confidence exudes attraction and that, that if you are confident in yourself in your looks then it doesn't matter what you look like that confidence is going to be the thing that carries you over so I think confidence is important I think that also you know looking at yourself and having that whether it's self-confidence in yourself or confidence in the way that you're able to present yourself, confidence is very important, and that confidence is going to make you feel special, it's gonna make you feel important, and I think that is something that's positive. In general, I think working out is very important. There are numerous health benefits to working out. You know, some of it is going to be based off of an appearance. You know, so individuals may look more toned. There's a certain type of look that you'll have when you're in shape, when you do work out. And that is something that's good. From a health perspective, though, you know, working out, running exercises, we all know that all the studies share that when you are doing some sort of cardiovascular workout, the incidence of certain types of diseases are going to decrease because of just the way you are able to take care of your body whether it's being able to 
work out, lift some weights so that you're able to do activities of daily living, like go to the grocery store, you know, whether it's you having a kid and you're picking up your kid up and down, whether it's walking up and down steps. We all know that working out is very important because it helps strengthen your body, a strong body, a lean body, uh, a body that is toned and fit is going to be a body that will compare to individuals who don't work out, you know, they're going to be seen as healthier. So I think that, you know, no matter what your look is, you know, no matter how you feel, exercising has lots of health benefits. And that's the thing that you got to remember when you're doing these workouts is, you know, you're doing it for your health. But again, it doesn't hurt that this article says that the dad bobs may actually be sexier. And it looks like it's based off of looking at a majority of individuals. So I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. I'm going to be one that has a dad bod. I mean, the stomach isn't what it used to be before, but that's all right. But in addition to that, I'm going to make sure that I have my activities of dealing living unlocked by being able to work out, being able to lift weights, because again, the comorbidities are seen to decrease when you're able to do that stuff. So do I think this article is factual? I don't know, but I did think that it was a funny article to share with the team. So we're 32 minutes in. We've done three articles, so we're pretty much averaging close to 10 minutes an article. What are my takeaway points from the three articles that we were able to go over today? So first off, the first article that we talked about again was college tuition. I'm sorry, it was what is the most regarded college major in America. And again, I can't stress this enough. We've talked about this once during a previous MVP episode. It is making sure that if you're going to make the decision to go to school, make sure that you are looking at everything, not just the feel, not just the gut feeling. It's looking at what you want to do, what you want to major in, how much is school going to cost. After you see how much school is going to cost, what is your major? Based on this major, what do people with your major do? What is the lifestyle people make with that major? You know, how happy is it going to make you be? And based on that, figure out what can you do to be able to be successful in that exercise. So again, I'm not saying that based on the major that you make, you know, that's going to dictate the rest of your life and that if you choose, you know, a major that may not make a lot of money will mean that you're not going to be successful. It's just more of understanding the decisions that you're making, realizing the how this decision is going to majorly affect your livelihood and your lifestyle and just try to make sure that you're doing more research in that versus, hey, I'm here to school for four years, four years, um, live in life. I'm not going to enjoy the. I'm not going to worry about the future. I'm just going to live in the present. I think again, that we've got to do a better job in looking at our decisions and trying to really understand what the ramifications of these decisions are going to be in the life that you want to be able to live. That is what I wanted you guys to take away from that first story. Story number two, we talked about again, this was Dominican Republic and how individuals were mysteriously dying from the Dominican Republic. I think the takeaway that I want you guys to take away from this is that when you're on vacation, yes, it's very tempting to have your guard down. 
yes, it's very tempting just to be worry-free, do you. And I do think we should do that on vacation. We all work hard. We need to make sure that we're able to live a little bit. But I think you've got to also be cognizant of your surroundings, realize that the place that you're vacationing in is not a location or an area that you're familiar with. So with that being said, you've got to at least have some type of guards up. So whether it's leaving your drink on the table, if it's unsupervised, just throw it away, get a new drink, whether it's the type of food that you're eating, you know, making sure that you're you're being smart in the locations of where you're eating, what type of restaurant is it? Because again, based on where you're from, you may not be used to certain types of ingredients and you may not be used to the way things are cooked and they may not agree with you. So you just want to make sure that you're being smart with that and also making sure that you're communicating with people when you're going somewhere, making sure that people know where you are at all times, making sure that you're doing your research by looking at the places that you're going to. What are the reviews that they're saying? Because I think that will also affect the locations that you're going and how you view that vacation. So those are the points that I want to share with you for story number two. And last but not least, my favorite article for the week is the dad bot. And again, I'm in my mid-30s, I am a dad, I'm starting to develop a dad bod, so it's nice to know that individuals find the dad bod attractive. And for me, you know, I got a dad bod, but I also work out, so maybe I'm able to kill two birds with one stone, and my wife will think I'm even more attractive than either the dad bod by itself or the person that works out. So, Leah, when you're listening this after this airs you know what's going on all right but i think that's it i think that's it for our articles you know it's been 37 minutes into the mbp episode so i want to use the last couple of minutes to thank my mbp fans out there for continuing to listen to these podcasts Again, we're trying a lot of different things, but I think we have reached our groove with the format that we have. Please, please, please leave a comment in the comment section. Please make sure you are giving us a five-star review. Again, we do this for the MVP crew, for my MVP patrons. Thank you again for listening every week. Please tell your friends. Please share some of these episodes. Please make sure that you're able to Help us spread that Marceline family thoughts and ideas. And like we said before, you know, we are just normal everyday people living everyday lives. And we just want to be able to tell our story. So if you haven't been able to do so yet, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast avenue that you listen to. Please make sure you send some love. If you've got any questions or comments, you can email us at Brothers at gmail.com. And with that being said, it's time for me to get out of here. So MVP crew, until next time, thank you again for being an awesome audience. I look forward to talking to you on the flip side. Until next time, my friends, I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life. 